Hello, hello world. This is Centered Subject. We're back on air. This is a show about cyborgs and emotions. And I'm your partially automated host, Yelena. Yes, I'm also a partially animated host. Uh, Mostly human though. No, I'm completely human. Wait, why are you animated? My name is Jenny. And why are you partially animated? Because you're on the internet. I actually didn't say I was animated. I said I was automated. Oh, automated, my bad. Which is possibly worse. A part of you is automated. That's well, you are animated because we're all, you know, animate, move, and thus we are animated. Yeah, but are you a cyborg? Slightly, yes. I'm a cyborg. Today, we return to the air after a long hiatus with an announcement that it seems we cannot commit to a regular uh, release date or day, but we will sporadically continue putting out episodes. Especially when we get excited and we miss everybody and the activists as well. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everyone is doing well. And another actually announcement, there's going to be, if you enjoy this podcast, you might possibly enjoy another podcast that I will soon be launching. And it actually, the trailer is already out. It's going to be a podcast about animal news. And it's going to be called Hair, Bear, and Everywhere. I'll, I'll leave a link in the description to the page on the iTunes where you can subscribe. And our first episode will be coming on December 31st. Party animals. So the, the big question is, I think... Why we wanted to gather on air is because we wondered if we were becoming cyborgs. Mm-hmm. My hands started hurting yeah. um, acutely when I would turn my wrist upward, which is a gesture that you make when you hold your phone, you know, you take it by the spine and then you flip it to look at its glowing face. Mm-hmm. And that's when my hand started hurting. And I was very confused. I was like, why, why does the hand hurt? What, what's wrong? Is it, you know, old age? I mean, it could also be old age. But mm-hmm. I realized that it was just a phone. It's heavy, you know, and it strains your yeah. wrist. And because I'm, I'm still in Belarus, I've just been weathering the pandemic here near my mom. And I've been spending an inordinate amount of time on the phone. Yeah, I think it's a common thing that's happening. I, I know a lot of people who are suddenly getting physical therapy for flipping their phones. Flipping, is that right? It used to be, I think, the carpal tunnel, right? When people yeah. were using the I think that's what's lock. happened. Mm-hmm. I then I wondered if maybe the body is trying to re-engineer itself also if it's like a growing pain you know where mm. it's like really trying to grow one with a phone and like sort of develop a whole new that's the pro-cyborg attitude which makes me feel yeah. like you are maybe a little partially bit of a, automated I think you are maybe a little bit of a cyborg but um, I'll take the opposing view and think that that's the body rebelling against the obsessive behavior and addiction that is happening with the phone yeah okay <laughs> right i mean come on. yeah it doesn't want to do it anymore it wants to you know go and and reach up in an opposing movement it wants to like extend and reach for you know a pear or something on a tree or i don't know a pomander 
Yeah. To be seasonal. You know what I mean? It doesn't want to yeah. like doomfully flip and it doesn't want to do that gesture anymore. It's upset in the very muscles and, and sinews. They're rebelling. Yeah. I really don't think that previously in the history of um, human anatomy, we've had to hold up the hand that much in that position. It's, you know, it's basically you're sort of holding the hand towards your face. I don't even know what the equivalent of that would be. Even if someone was completely in love with their appearance and they were just holding a mirror, mm-hmm. they would be clasping it, which is still, or a book, you know, but you would still be sort of maybe sideways clasping. It's just that also that immobility where the hand becomes also a tripod. Yeah. And it's the fact that the thing that we're engaging with, unlike a book, or even a mirror, which would be crazy if a mirror could do that, but it can hold our attention for hours upon hours where like a book, you know, hours, sure, but probably you'd get up more often. And it, so I think the phone has a tendency to suck you in, in this crazy way and stress too, probably when you're like moving through it, you know, you're like, you're flipping with stress, like, oh my God, I have to avoid this horrible news. You know, it's like news is coming into your life. So your hand is like your defense against it. Mm. But I think also it would be, I think, unrealistic to say that one could just set aside the phone at the moment. It does actually, it does provide so much connection and amusement as well. You really can't have a a singular moral position about it. Yeah. I mean, I've decided to relax on it, Mm -hmm. you know, worrying about the like numbers of hours on the phone or whatever. Yeah. I'm not worried at all about it. But I do try to put it aside to sleep. I think that's why our our arms hurt. Because <laughs> we're like, I am no longer worrying how long I'm spending on this thing. And the arm says, I am. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned. Excuse me. Yeah. Very reasonable. Yeah. So cyborgs, a little bit. We are cyborgs. So I had a few Apple news. One is, I thought it was an interesting quote from... Steve Jobs, if you remember who he is, he's the co-founder of Apple. Yeah, he's Um, the original cyborg. Indeed. And he said, he actually thought, he likened the personal computers to bicycle for the mind because Mm. it would help people do more work for the same Mm. amount of effort. Something about the bicycle, I don't know. It seems so innocent, you know, but then then it's also something Sisyphean a bicycle because... Mm. To end the internet, you know, but the bicycle doesn't know what kind of pants I'm trying to buy <laughs> and tell me about them all the time where, you know, the yeah. bicycle doesn't know your secrets. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> it just leaves you alone. But it is Sisyphusian. That's, I think, really good, actually. You keep pedaling and you can't stop. And Right. Like in the, at the gym, you would have the bicycle. Remember gyms? Mm-hmm. No, I never knew what they were anyway. Okay. I hear people miss them. Do you miss them? Mm. I'd like to hear more about your gym experience. I work out outside with my personal trainer who actually gave me some exercises for my pain wrist and it doesn't hurt anymore. So actually, I don't miss the gym at all. So I just work out by the river and I've been watching the seasons change because we started, what, in September and it was still very green. And on Friday, I think when we met, the river became iced over, but not not completely, but there was some... Some foolhardy fishermen that have gotten, you know, onto the ice and were sort of standing, these kind of scary to look at little black dots on the ice. But yeah, so so it's quite different than. Wow, this is a this feels very Belarusian all of a sudden, like all this. Yeah, there's just yeah. Yeah, but basically that's it. You know, I I feel like I would never, I kind of just don't want to go to the gym ever anymore because 
it's so much more fun to just jump around in the street or outside. That's the one fun thing about my recent life. The only fun thing. <laughs> no, not the only. <laughs> Working out by a river doesn't. No, no, it's great. And and yeah, just watching the seasons change is quite incredible. How subtle it is. You know, we meet like three, four times a week. Our sessions always start by talking about the weather. Um, not covered mm. okay so then i just wanted to read this one more thing about this is also i feel like cyborgian also apple just want to cover all that so this is about the the headphones that apple is mm -hmm. releasing i guess it's their first foray into the kind of large you know they have the airpods we have the airpods but those are sort of the bigger kind of listening blobs on your ears mm -hmm. and so apparently they tune to the music in real time, adapting to the shape of the wearer's face, hair, and glasses, and promising to produce consistently rich and detailed audio. I became so scared when I read that phrase. I am just... Wait, do they move? I don't what know. Is... The audio processing systems tunes the music in real time, adapting to the shape of the wearer's face, hair, and glasses. So it's basically like the face is a kind of... They think of the face... Or I guess maybe the bone structure is like a weird internal speaker or something. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So the shape of their bones is like this. So I should I should pulsate a little bit in the upper corner of the um, <laughs> of the ear blob, and just it's just creepy, like how it's reading, yeah. how it's just reading your shape. You know right. how it's defining it, and it then defines how you. Yeah, you become a receiver in a different way. You become like it a, just kind of decides for you too, you know, because it doesn't sound wise. Yeah, mm -hmm. it makes me sad too because we can't go into auditoriums or theaters, you know, that uh, in a way that's mm. what that's supposed to be. But we're becoming them. It's like a strange metaphor about the yeah, everyone's your own hall. Yeah, the internality or something, or the or the like isolatedness yeah. of the. You become a kind of architecture. Like you're, yeah, you're, I don't want to be a building. You're a Carnegie Hall. <laughs> I refuse. Okay, which music hall are you? Are you the, I like Carnegie Hall were, a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah. It's very pretty. Yeah. I would um, be the Philharmonic. Um, of course. But the of course. Wear. I'll be this rock venue where I saw a, uh, a Hawkwind show where there were all these... 50 to something old dudes with uh, <laughs> it was the smelly land where they were selling clams actually and um the the men all had no shoulders on their jackets <laughs> that'll be me that's my this job. sounds like stalker from her it was good transition it was that but in a much sillier way and i was the only female for miles um yeah that's my auditorium that i want to become it's outside i think Right. It, no, it was inside. It was oh. in a in a basement. I oh. think it was the last really fun show I went to because it was so strange. Mm. Uh, yeah, and they were all so excited and, and very. They were like old rocker, old rocker party. Yeah, stalker. Well, right. So we wanted to talk about Solaris, and uh, which mm -hmm. is my favorite by Tarkovsky, which is my favorite film. And What's one, my favorite too? Yeah, I think you turned me onto it when oh, we okay. were in our early twenties. Mm -hmm. I remember. I remember the DVD playing in my room over and over again, or somewhere, and it was like the the DVD menu options and the music. <laughs> playing over, over and, and over again remember oh that my and gosh yes yes go, hottie 
party and we <laughs> just became this thing this like song we like to yes, listen I remember to. Yeah. Her, the, the name of the wife right you know i do i feel like it's unusual i feel like a lot of people gravitate towards um stalker you know as the kind of mm. the the definitive sci-fi tarkovsky sci-fi and then a lot mm. of people are also just you know they're like oh andre rublev oh you like andre rublev too I but um, I mean, I, I do too. But I feel like Solaris is um, oh, it's the more aesthetic one. Yeah, agree. <laughs> I think it's use. the prettiest one. Sure. It's the prettiest one, and I think it's the the kind of it has this kind of um, I think sci-fi the the sci-fi the particular like, interiority that it has, like mm-hmm. the enclosed space, mm-hmm. and it's locked in there. I mean, all of his work is about the Ghosting. sort of like yeah ghosts and the porousness of memory and self you know looking yeah. into your own life but also kind of deciding to move into the memory you know i think mm. it's the one where there's the definitive decision to go and escape sort of into this memory land right right which the protagonist does at the end mm-hmm. i think right at that time too there was a lot of sci-fi about memory and i my favorite sci-fi since mm-hmm. forever has been memory sci-fi and that's the best one because they're just trapped in these oh, memories we should make a list we should make a list yeah of the, the, well the, i those. mean blade yeah. runner is all about it um okay. i'd like to know more yeah blade runner is all about it i think i was talking about octavia butler's there's a book where she travels uh, the protagonist travels back into slavery times it's like the sci-fi oh, I hadn't, hadn't read that one yeah that's a great book what's it called yeah and i think the characters just become stuck in their own memory and or can't work with their memory properly. But yeah, so the Aris is like somehow about this time. When the pandemic started, that was the first movie I watched in this kind of sick but sort of interested I was like I feel like we're gonna go here into this movie like I'm gonna start to experience this and it was actually really true and really disturbing as I started to watch it they're really they're trapped in space and so at the beginning of the quarantine like I was you know we were feeling trapped and there was that sense so it was like a kind of enjoyable way to escape feeling trapped for me because that's I don't know I wanted to go into feeling trapped but in an aesthetic way so I could get more comfortable with it okay in solaris just a short i guess not trying to do spoilers but basically people there's a scientist like a psychologist i think right Uh, he goes to the station there's a station that investigates a planet and she goes to the station there's a woman from his past that appears yeah on the space station things are not as they seem and things are very creepy and mysterious people yeah yeah there are Things are falling apart too, like things are getting broken. And there is an ocean. There is a strange space ocean outside mm-hmm. the window. And in the end, there's a choice to sort of, oh, oh there's possibly a choice to kind of stay there, you know, leave a stay. Mm. Um, and in his memory. Oh, yes. In his memory, kind of. And yeah, I guess it's a spoiler. Nah. Guess what right. happens. That's all right. right. And if you've only seen the yeah. uh, the George Clooney one, you need to be ashamed. Oh, I, I just realized that there was actually a George Clooney one. I don't They've know all... how I missed it, but I hadn't seen it. I'm, I'm afraid. If our fancy listeners have only seen the Clooney one, they need to get it together. Um, but I doubt that that's who they are, knowing them. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why I was thinking that, that we were in Solaris now um, a couple days ago. and Memory. 
it's uh, yeah we've tipped back into something uh something else and i mean um, we also got accustomed to this kind of weirdness right that's it right especially now that you know vaccines are being rolled out and so it does seem like some sort of futurity normalcy future is possibly on the horizon memories are always kind of safe yeah safe and and this is a contemplative time so the idea of going back from our space stations of like you know isolation and facing ourselves and mortality and loss and all of that and then leaving this place and going back to our planet you know which is like 1981 russia or whatever it was mm -hmm. and it was black and white 72 I know, but it looked it was being futuristic, so it was trying to be, you know what I mean? It was trying to be like whatever their idea of the future was. But it was still 1972, God bless Tarkovsky. I do we want to go back to that world, to the to the normal world? Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Sure. Yeah. And I do, I really do. Don't take it away from me. But No, I do too. I guess I'm nervous about it because I'm I think I just don't have anything together, but I have a sort of a routine or something. And I'm just I just feel very I always feel like I'm behind, but what I'm realizing that, you know, in a way I have so much free time. I mean, it's not really free time, but like I work from home and I don't, I don't have a lot of social engagements basically. And I always feel like I'm behind. And now I'm like, well, so when we go back to normal life and I start social, like, will I, will I just completely, you know, just fall apart and not be able to do, get anything done. But I think I'm also getting so behind and everything because I'm so distracted by just right. being in my soup of memories in the ocean of kind of thinking and introspection. So. Yeah. Yeah. Soup of memories. Um, yeah. And it's a comfy place, like you said, but I think it makes it hard to, and we've developed our own sense of time. It makes it hard to finish things. But when we do, I feel like for me, my productivity, whatever that is within this time is more rich because I do have more time in the same space to keep working through things. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, and maybe not for other people, but for me, if I have to locomote myself around the city, I tend to get, I don't know, I get harried and like weird and I can't focus in the same way. So it's easier for me to get things done. Also, the work that I've started doing is not physical work. It's like supportive work with other people and talking to people is just basically all I have to do. I don't need to use my body, which is also a little bit sci-fi-ish. Mm. And maybe is, I should, yeah, and maybe I should need to go out into the world and it would probably make me better at it. But um yeah. It is weird that we can just work from not mm -hmm. moving our bodies. Like just this, it is I know. so. I mean, oh, there's Matrix, of course, also, which I guess is what twenty years now. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about it. Oh, you mean the film? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Is that about memory? I feel like it's about immobility and doing things in their minds, but I'm yeah, not sure because it it's is. been twenty years since I've seen it. Um, but I feel oh, like you should watch it again. It's really fun. Yeah, I know. I remember it being fun. Interesting how things... You can watch it with like an eye towards gender too. That's what we're supposed to do is watch mm. The Matrix again because both of their creators are a transition since the film came out. So mm. you can watch it as like a a uh, story about that as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I suppose everything we do is somewhat autobiographical. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about... Uh, Tarkovsky himself didn't write about... Did he write? I know he did write because I've seen books that he wrote, but um, did he, I haven't engaged with any of it. Did he talk about that you know of his films much? I don't know. It's the only thing I know. I actually don't know that much about what he said, but I think he was always a bit 
you know, people would say, obviously, everything is, that he made is so poetic, and people would go off into these interpretations, and he was... He would always say, oh, well, the black dog is just a black dog, you know, it's just a right. black dog. You right. know, so he was very opaque about it. Although, of course, like, I mean, obviously, he's there's symbolism, but I don't think he ever needed to parse. I yes. mean, everyone's, right, everyone's an author anyway. Like, you, you make something for someone to see what right. they see in it. I don't think he, I don't, I don't feel like he needed to control um, the, the interpretation. The impression yeah. or the interpretation, yeah. Yeah, that's a what I understand. He was sort of yeah, good humored, well, nicely humored about it. That's cool. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe he was not. Well, that's a popular kind of way to be about your work. Um, but I. But why I, wouldn't you be? I don't know. I, I think it's more fun to be playful. Be like, well, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about this, and then leave it there. You know what I mean? To be and then to be like, my symbols are my own. You know, well, Beckett but, was like that. Beckett was like, my symbols are my own. I know, my symbols so are Bob Dylan mobile and, and just, crazy. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I, th I think it's it does. Yeah. I feel like undermine there because yeah. even if you control all the variables, you still don't know how it's going to be. Right? They don't want to be revealed either, and I guess that's their right as artists, you know. But the existential thing is something I, oh, I loved that actually. There's a lot of ex so I'm at my old grandparents' apartment, and there's just so much um, French existentialists here um cool. our understanding is was likened to seeing someone talk on the phone booth or something like that if like you see the person is talking but you can't hear you know you don't really so that's, that's nice. just that's that's really what's happening huh i love it um, yeah i you know my whole way of being somehow uh some of my most like what i find most interesting is looking at what something means to someone um, and then, and not so much defining it in a really coherent way in order to control it, but to explore it, you know? So I like to, in terms of like dreams or something, um, I like to think about a dream that I had and just not pin it down, but think about it over a period of two or three days and come up with different versions of what I think it might mean or what it was, you know, cause sometimes if I come up with what the meaning is, it's, it's healing for me. It feels good to be like, oh, yeah, maybe that was the suggestion that was being made or I treat it like an Oracle or something. And I think of films in a similar way or pieces of art that I really relate to. I like to kind of carefully, but not overwhelm, you know, I don't like to overwhelm not it. Preciously. With, yeah. Like pin it down, but I like to mm -hmm. be like, why is that so cool? You know, why is that so beautiful? And, um, I think that loose handed way of looking at things is useful. It's, it can be, you know, it makes meaning for us and it doesn't have to be oppressive or a bummer. Yeah, I think keeping a question mm -hmm. open is for sure a nice yeah. way than committing, yeah. brutally committing to a interpretation. Yeah, we can like sit next to the metaphor some, you know, we can interact with the metaphor and it can talk back to us and it doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, you don't have to cage it. <laughs> I just, I just had a, a throwback for something because my most recent memory of a dream, the only one that I remember, I think, I think I usually generally just remember the most recent dream, <laughs> the one I had last night, I just slept so badly mm -hmm. and I dreamt about Queen Elizabeth because I've been mm. watching The Crown. And I just had this, I think last year we recorded an episode and I was very vehemently oh, yeah. opposed to the crown and somehow 
<laughs> this year I've fallen into the trap. All right. Still the only series I think I've watched this year is actually, well, yeah, The Crown. Very weird. Yeah. So she was in your dream? She was in my dream. Yeah, it was very odd. Was it Olivia Coleman or was it the real Yeah, dream? it was Olivia Coleman. Oh, yeah. that's better. That's great. Yeah. She can come into my brain too. I couldn't okay. tell you what she did, but she, yeah, she was there mm. the whole time. <laughs> all those four hours they spent with Olivia Coleman. Just sitting there. Don't know. Probably just yeah. like drinking tea or something. Yeah. Or maybe I was crying about an Englishman. Probably. Oh, she was an oracle. Trying to get advice. English, Englishness. Interesting. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I wish I could have that dream and then wake up and be able to do their insane accents, which I like their particular type of upper class, like royalty <laughs> accents, which <laughs> I. <laughs> oh god the way that the lips and i mean it's just such an amazing study in how the front the we're supposed to use our lips and our teeth at the very edge it's like privilege is about the the tip of the tongue and it's like keeping their teeth in their mouth and their words in their mm. mouth and it's so strange i'm obsessed with it i don't know i have a very strange relationship to english right now because oh yeah how's it going it only exists on the internet for me because yeah. most of the time I just speak Russian. Yeah, how does it feel to live in the in the public English? Actually, at first I thought that um, that my that I was going to like start having a Russian accent, and I think I did for a while. But then I started watching The Crown, and something else happened. My English is always very affected by. Yeah. Oh, did you have you heard that? Um, I just read Gillian Anderson says she's by. By accented, oh, it's got a special word that I've never heard, but mm-hmm. it's it reminded me of you a little bit where she can very easily. So she's it's like why is Julian Anderson's American? Why does she talk like a British person now? And it's like a whole way that people are kind of mean about her. And then I looked it up, and it says on her Wikipedia that she is like bilingual or bi accented. There's a special word for it. Hmm. And so she very comfortably goes into British English because she also grew up in England and has British parents. And then she comes to America and she talks like she's from California. That's very reasonable. I don't understand why people find it strange. I mean, that's just what happens. You kind of, right. what happens to you, especially if you're, yeah, if you grew up and because, you know, I grew up my first like 15 years of life were in Russian and then it was like Hebrew English and so I think none of those languages are, are like sort of properly stable or you know because they just keep being in different places and like getting influenced so it just makes sense I don't know why yeah. people are so and they're bird they're like bird songs you're just like singing the song of the thing that you're around you know and you're connecting with the people that are around and they're auditory you know it's not like your identity and you kind of want to blend in also I think in some ways like I think I do it automatically you know whoever I'm speaking with and maybe yeah Though I never heard you have a Texas accent when we lived in Texas. Not that never happened. I think so. I just hadn't spent enough time with people that yeah. had it. You know, you don't really have it. Or, you know, none of my friends really had a strong. Yeah. A lot of them were sort of from all over. So yeah, maybe we one were... day. <laughs> I invite you. It's Let's fun. I have it sometimes with certain family members. But yeah, those ones are mostly gone. So. All I can do is yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that didn't work well. Sorry. No, no, no. I I know. It sounded sounded good in my head and then it came out. (laughs) We never say that, dude. Like, that never happens. No one says yeehaw. 
Mm. We do. Did you ever go to the? Uh, this is weird that we're talking about this, but did you ever go to the rodeo? I would. I wish you and I had gone to the rodeo. No, no. It's Hopefully really I ridiculous. will one day. It does seem really ridiculous, and yeah, I'd like to it's go. It's horrible. It's a violent. It's a violent land. The rodeo. All right. I wanted to make sure we can return to the sea of memories uh, again. I hope to. Yeah. But we have, you know, we wanted to also talk about the big announcement about aliens being real for once and for all. Oh, yeah. Um, um, do you I, have any information about that? Because I read that they might be real, but we're not ready for them. That's, that's what I, right. There was a headline. No, but I was so was shocked great. by that I wasn't able to read the article. I was just too oh. gripped by the by no, the sentence. No, I mean, it, this is the second guy and, and um, he's... A person of note in Israel, and he's you know an old, an older guy. Yeah, he's like a space security person. Yeah, right? like he was a chief. He was like yeah. I guess an upper official, and you know, and then there was another guy in our government who was an older guy who got obsessed with who was a CIA guy who was saying exactly the same thing. So I mean, as far as whether or not this is true, I'm of two minds. My first mind is it doesn't matter anymore. And these guys are right. And this is a whole thing. And that's why Obama looked a little different after two weeks <laughs> in office because he learned about the aliens. And so his face kind of changed. Uh, that's a little bit fake news. But like, so maybe there's a thing. And then the other thing. I said that they abducted him and then they brought him back. Or like he wasn't. I, I was so confused by what you were no, saying. No, it's like, oh, it's like one, before like, he knew this information like is just true. Terrifying since, conspiracy theories unfolding in our small podcast. That would be amazing. What if I just like said a bunch no. of crazy things? Like the reason that we didn't no. do podcasts is because I became a QAnon. And so I'm trying to hide my QAnon nature Oh, right no. Now. It's, no. We didn't do it because you you were abducted. Oh, no. It's true. And now I'm back. You came back and I blob but i'm still bummed um no so <laughs> no uh but the other thing so it's like one thing is like it's true you know the government has all these secrets the old guys can tell the secrets because they're not in it anymore you know or the other possibility is that and this relates to my dad it's that all old guys you know of their age group are obsessed with going to other planets and they yeah. always have been and so they get a little crazy and they don't give they're like the space generation yeah, yeah. And they, they're like if really, we went to the moon what's next they're waiting i mean my dad you cannot stop him talking about that and he's been talking about that for, you know, for my whole life he can't wait to go to the damn moon like he and he's very In serious the crown, about they it. went to the moon I mean, sorry, uh, Mars. That was his whole thing. Oh, Colonizing Mars, Mars. the moon and visiting Mars and living on Mars. Like that's that's the jam. So yeah, and he's one of my dad. I can think of at least three dads who I know who who go there and they're like rational scientists and not like very reasonable, cool guys. But this is their way that they they get a little spiritual or they get a little funky as they age, if it's not true. So maybe this guy's like that, but that's my take. I think... Maybe. I mean, it's possible. I mean, who knows? I'm not a scientist, so... But I was also remembering this story I read as a kid. I, it was a sci-fi story, but it was sort of... Basically, it imagined that we were in a tiny beer bubble mm. of this big mug of beer that someone was drinking. Weird. Why is that sci-fi? Sounds like a beer ad. <laughs> Because it, you know, gave an interpretation of the universe that we're just a speck oh, inside another, you right. know, functioning world. It's just, just yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we're like on the, on the turtle, yeah. on the turtle, on the turtle. On the exactly. Turtle. It's very much of the turtle science. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> five elephants are standing in a turtle drinking no. a beer. If this is what you <laughs> think science, true science is, you're definitely a scientist. <laughs> I'm like from the fifth century. <laughs> Me too. That's what, how we... That's how we pod, y'all. Yeah. Like Andre, um, I'm Andre Rublev's um, contemporary yeah. scientist. Oh dear, yes. No, we are the daughters of scientists. It's important to mention. It's true. That, yeah, like, my dad was a physicist. We share that. My dad's a geologist, uh, psycho psychogeologist. Um, no. What? Just kidding. <laughs> he wants he can to just mine. travel to Mars he, and his mind. He really wants to mine Mars. Like that is his favorite thing to talk about. I mean, and <laughs> like. In an intense spiritual way, he talks and talks about it. It's like, yeah, he's a trippy <laughs> dude. Um, but very. I serious. think it's there's also something I guess so deeply male about wanting to mind. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that about your father. It's okay. But it's yeah. accurate in his case. Yeah. Um, pound pound Mars. He wants to pound Mars. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> does, i'm so though. sorry dear listeners no you know we have we had i grew up with like drill bits all over my house like there's the whole thing and he like has hearing loss because it's the whole thing well you could say the exploration you know it's a very masculine and you know it, the exploration of the of the unknown territory you know and yeah domination exploration so that's how they're raised. But, you know, that guy, the scientist, is not really saying that he that there's an exploration happening. He's saying that there's a whole system in place that that we were invited into or that we, you know, the like Space Federation. Like there's a whole bunch of aliens that he what? already knows about. That's what he was saying. What is their and fashion? The, I don't know. That's like that is what the everybody's been so excited about is like imagine what it is. Yeah, and I, I there was this really nice. I don't know if it was like a TikTok video where someone was doing a performance of, of the Space Federation interviewing Earth to see if we're ready to go, and we failed miserably. It was very funny. So, oh, so yeah, oh, that it, sounds beautiful. I need it, to it, see that. It was a fantastic performance. I want that person to have a show like right away. So Hopefully. anyway, we failed. We have too many wars. We have, you know, we've. But you know, I was gonna do a video, um, trying to kind of create outfits based on Tarkovsky, like and um, Solaris. I wonder if I should also incorporate Interstellar, but with items that you have in your closet. This is great. Okay, so I have really strong feelings about this, and since you are there, you are in Belarus. I think it'd be a lot more helpful. I mean, I think you could get closer to it there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to know your opinion because I could talk about Sol Soliara's fashion like all day long. There's a lot of netting. So there's a crochet dress. There's a. I mean, the crochet dress. It's like her outerwear. Oh, and as new ones show up, they keep wearing the same thing. So then there's this collection of more and more of them in the room. <gasps> I forgot so, about that. It's true. Like the other one who had died oh. or left or whatever. Spoiler city. Like she leaves the her. Remains. She, yeah, she leaves her very seventies <gasps> like macrame. <laughs> cloak it's like macrame this, roses oh yeah no no that's that's dress sorry it's like this whole thing and then he also wears netting so he has like these crazy kind of punk rock looking i think it's his pants where he or no it's like a little undershirt that he wears very cute he wore like jeans and sweatshirt <laughs> what are you talking there's no jeans in the 70s one he did not wear jeans there's no jeans in silly how dare you 
No, he's wearing very spacey. He actually looks pretty pretty cool. Like yeah, because looks- at first I thought it was like, you know, actually it's a really kind of a trending item right now, which is the kind of the knitted um, mm-hmm. shirt and sweater thing, but, you know, knitted. Yeah. And I thought he was wearing that, but then I looked closer and I was like, I think maybe those are just really soft jeans, but you don't think so? <laughs> There's no way he's wearing jeans. I will put money on it. You don't know how obsessed Soviet people were with jeans. jeans no, I get like- it. I get it. But not space. Not There's no space jeans. Come on. No. Jeans in space? No. Not allowed. <laughs> they're like, they're really tight. They're like elastic pants. They're they're very punk rock and he looks great and they fit his body really well. The whole thing, all of the fashion is pretty awesome. You know, I think Smog or Snog, there's this other guy who's the bald guy who's kind of goofy. He maybe mm. wears jeans. I feel like he's more into that because <laughs> he's not he's not so official but yeah if you want to be official you want to wear tights definitely yeah yeah he's like wearing a little uniform space uniform Mm -hmm. um but my thing is could you find some of those macrame thingies and is that a thing that she was wearing you know does it was that a fashion thing to wear like really in the 70s in russia to wear really loose you know knitted uh, or new mm-hmm. you know what i mean where they're i mean i know it's like a hippie i have one yeah i have one my grandmother mm-hmm. like after definitely yeah she would knit she would knit those crochet them actually right it was definitely a thing yeah because i think one of the reasons for it too is because that's something you could make yourself people would make have a lot of things made and mm-hmm. make things themselves because there was not that much of a choice um in the shops but also it's romantic and there's a kind of history of wearing you know a shawl in general like if you look through like russian fashion history like there's shawls in every century mm-hmm. you know the floral ones also yeah yeah oh right. kind of the contemporary so it's like the crocheted version in a way but also the crocheted ones mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. just been i think a staple they used to be worn on the heads initially too you know because that's that's what would cover the head and then they sort of trouble the shoulders i think <laughs> revealing Revealing the hair, the seductive, seductive hair. I guess we could crochet hottie costumes if we wanted to uh, reenact. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so, I feel so challenged now. I feel like I have to have this, all these. You need six of them, actually. More crocheted, like, kettle holders. Or <laughs> okay, from, from fashion to art objects. So if we mention the aliens, I don't know that we've, exhausted the aliens but the space perfume oh no but you can discuss the moon perfume that's a great question to just ask the moon perfume there's a perfume that i think it was the scent actually i can't really discuss it it was something for astronauts would be trained with this smell and now it's available as a perfume wow why were they trained with it yeah it's a good question let's find out So this is, yeah, it's Eau de Space, <laughs> the smell of space. 
and you can get 100 milligrams of it. And decades ago, apparently NASA designed a fragrance to train astronauts on how outer space actually smells. So now it's being released. And yeah, you can get it for $49. I like that even in the smell of space perfume, they still employed the marketing tactic that makes you feel that you paid something that was $40-ish <laughs> as opposed to 50 Right. So $49 gets you 100 milligrams of space smell. Wow. Put okay. a link in our description box because I ordered one. So. Oh, okay. I, they got me. You're showing space sense now. I'm easy. I'm easy. I'm yeah. And you're average. Give me a line. Yeah. Then I'll. Well, you know, we can return and you can do a review and that's okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, if we're going to try to get a sponsor, the space smell is not a terrible one for us. I think it sounds pretty accurate. To yeah. Our values and uh, the amount of money that we'd be. Here. I look forward to describing the smell. I think yeah. that would be fun. Yeah. All right. So I think of you can't scream. No one can hear you scream in space. But like, can you hmm. still smell with no oxygen? I don't get it. Do they say? Good, do they explain good that? Point. No, no. That's that annoying thing that Tarkovsky hates, where he doesn't want you to see do what I just did. And that's like yeah. what Bob Dylan's like. Don't ask about smell in space, Jenny. Like my songs mean what they mean. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's understandable. Well, I just want to know. Okay, so did we cover everything, or do we have no, more? No. Very important standing standing elements that that i think we would be really amiss to not mention what? um the megaliths the little the, oh. the mirrored megaliths i mean i think we've digested yeah. that as a culture but uh, i think it's pretty cool they got removed and then more popped up i think it's awesome and um beautiful right the everybody pretty much knows but there's a mysterious 12 foot mirrored monolith object Banksy of land art is doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Except, you know, it, I think it ends up making an environmental statement because I think they were so upset that people were showing up at that they took it back down. And uh, I think that's a good statement to make. I, that's what it left me with. What? The, how does it make? Like, oh, because people were traveling to to see it. So yeah, to the remote. There was an attempt to protect. Yeah. Yeah, that they were messing up the land, and they were. So, yeah, that makes me kind of think twice about my thing where I would definitely want to go see these kinds of things. And or mine Mars. Yeah, exactly. It makes me feel. Why? Uh, do you think Mars is less precious than some remote place on Earth? Uh, poor, poor Mars. Poor Mars. I feel for Mars. I, you know, I don't think it's a great idea to colonize stuff ever. You know, I think it's, I mean, I'm the generation after the. Those but crazy... maybe he likes it. Maybe it likes it. Mine, mine loves to be. Mars loves to be mine. <laughs> Girl, I know what you're going with. Ma Mars has Sorry. been alone, alone <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, exactly. No one's been interested in what minerals Mars may contain. Yeah. <laughs> and then in, in watch the spaceman closes the door. <laughs> With a probe. Oh, dear. Okay. No, so, okay no, I mean, alien on. fucking is fine. Uh, alien fucking, <laughs> space fucking, it's great. I don't understand why. I hope aliens are produced like jellyfish by slicing off. What? <laughs> I hope I got it right. Wait, say it again? What are you saying? I thought that jellyfish were produced by slicing off. Yes. Okay. Do they not? 
So I was hoping that some aliens do as well. Just oh, wait. No, I need you to go back again. They reproduce by slicing off? What does this mean? I, th I thought so. Like, you know, like jellyfish. I might be wrong, but I think that, you know, it's sort of for flat, flat, flattened, flat object, right? Like a pancake? So I think it's just kind of... It cuts its own self off and then it becomes another one? Oh, it like buds out? Maybe that pops out. Out. I think that sounds pretty good, but I, again, am not a, uh, oh, no. a scientist. So you want to have aliens bud next to you. Yeah, I guess I'm just curious about people just popping out from each other. I'm really sleepy. I really hadn't slept in a while. So no, I'm it's actually gonna... relevant because in Ciliaris, that is what happens. There's That's right. Yeah. Continual replication of memories mm -hmm. until he gets overwhelmed, which ties it all together because I think in this moment of the pandemic and quarantine that's where we're at where there's so yeah. much i was having this conversation with someone where we're engaging with so much media and processing things and thinking about things all of the time and that's all we do that it yeah. gets to be you know it's like these replicated memories over and over it's like we're surrounded yeah. by that a lot yeah So what is our advice to ourselves? Just be moment? grateful that you're... <laughs> yes, that we're surrounded in our spaceship and we're alive. Yeah. That you have a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Apparently, it's very helpful to be grateful. So just be grateful for arbitrary, random things. Well, yeah. I'm grateful for the monoliths, the mirror monoliths and the, the mystery of it. I'm grateful for that. I am really excited when anybody talks about the possibilities of aliens. So in terms of that, that's, I mean, not these aren't my personal grateful things, but in terms of the conversation that we just had, these are the things that I'm grateful that we spoke about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful to have organized a recording at last. That's pretty fun. Me too. I'm grateful for the people who listen to it. Indeed, very grateful. And badgered me pretty intensely, um, almost rudely, about why we haven't recorded. So I'm grateful for those individuals. That's so sweet. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, individuals that badgered Jenny. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we've given what we could to the air. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so we'll be floating off into space mm -hmm. to the presentation of the interstellar fashion show <laughs> yeah for ourselves for our infinite On selves to mars yeah and we'll we'll hear from us at some point again so yeah and remember to also look in the description box and subscribe to hair bear and everywhere and um i hope you're well oh yeah and merry christmas if we don't have another show suddenly yeah before that somehow and, happy, and oh, you know happy new year um november Snowm Godum, Snowm Godum. Yeah. Over and out. Bye bye.